let's do this. All right, what's everyone? What? Hey, what's going on, everyone? What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Joseph Orr Podcast, JV Podcast Network. Joined by a couple guys. This is a special podcast because they are airing on Fox Sports Ohio games one through seven of the NBA Finals. We were all in attendance for game six, the most legendary game in Cleveland sports history, the most legendary win. Game seven of the World Series has to be up there. It could be debatable, but we were all there. It was crazy. We just watched it, and now we're jumping on the podcast, and we're going to do a complete rewatchable and talk about our experience from the time that we took off, on just the whole journey. We're just going to take you through the whole day. Come along. Jump in. I have a mustache. The snowman's showing off his guns. Ben it doesn't even know what's going on right now. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what day it is. I have a newspaper here. They actually printed this after game six. I don't know how they got this picture from game seven. There's obviously some... Uh, some uh, Conspiracy theories. Yeah, there was some conspiracy. Illuminati at work. Yes, there was some people that got a hold of a time machine. I think it was the one directly off the set of Napoleon Dynamite. It actually worked. They didn't... Yep. Yeah. Because if you don't flip on one of the switches, all it does is shock you like we saw in the film. But they figured out just yep. to flip the switch on. And it worked. And they got that picture for the paper to print it. Um, anyways, Crystals, man. let's start here. What do you guys remember about this day? Like, do you guys like what, what sticks out to you when you think about June 16th, 2016, heading up to game six of the finals? Typical Cleveland playoff atmosphere, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's all, that's all there is to it. But ben, do you even remember, Eddie, do you even remember that we left like 12 hours before the game because you were supposed to have like some travel baseball doubleheader when you're playing for JABC. <laughs> yeah, thank God that thing got canceled. Dude, I not now. waste my time. Well, I was glad it got canceled because as we know, we're all very super, we're not little stitches, we are very superstitious. And I was literally wearing the same thing I was wearing in the garage, which was under my first layer. You know, this is freaking June in Ohio. It's humid as crap. There's just mosquitoes just hanging out smoking cigarettes and drinking beer, just waiting for people to come out to suck their blood. And literally, like, I'm wearing the Grit Squad shirt, and then over top of that, I'm wearing that long sleeve calves warm-up, and I'm just, like, yep. burning up, and I'm like, I have to wear it, so I'm wearing it in the car, and then we step outside. I'm like, if they play this game, I will die. I am gonna have to, I'm like, Dad, we're going to have to go get gasoline. We're going to have to run out of gas. We're just going to have to run the car with the air conditioning the whole game because I will die. But it was a torrential downpour. And then we literally went up. You were playing in Strongsville because then we went over to the Strongsville Mall and then we yep. hung out there for, um, for a while until we headed up to, to Cleveland. Yeah, because we were going to the game regardless, though, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to go and, there, you know, your games would have been done. Maybe it was only yeah. one game. I really don't remember because I don't care. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, like, we were going to be on time no matter what. I mean, the game didn't start till. I mean, those games don't start till 9. The, the, the non-Sunday games don't start till nine. So, oh, yeah. so we would have had plenty of time, but, uh, but yeah, we were, we were going up and we were just excited. It was just a run. It was a Stanley Hudson run out the clock situation until nine, nine, 11 PM for the official tip off. So, yeah. um, but yeah, we just, we just hung out at the mall. Then remember you guys, do you guys see that picture I sent the Draymond green sign when we, cause we ate at Harry Buffalo. Yep. Remember that? Harry Buffalo. Yeah. Yep. That guy was just walking around or sitting in there with holding his sign up. Yeah. Yeah, what was it? It was just like Watch Your Nuts or something that had a big like Dray Draymond Green face on it or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> God. I think it, yeah, it's, I think it said protect your nuts. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. 
That's what it was. So we go there, and it was so cool because they were passing out red shirts the entire finals, but after they made the switch in game five to the black jerseys, they made the last-minute switch to the game six shirts, the black shirts, which are awesome shirts. Like, normally those shirts just become, like, you sleep in them shirts or just, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But those are actually really cool shirts. Just the classic CLE across the chest. They passed all those out. It was so great. The black Snowman, we did our usual deal. This is where we saw Mike Miller. We have to, we're going to talk yeah. about this. So we get there like as soon as the arena opens. We do our thing. We grab the shirts. We go exchange them for the sizes, which I had no idea was a thing. I think, Snowman, you let me know that. And when you yep. did, I'm like, yeah, this is you were, you were still trying to fit into a, a youth extra small at that point, if I don't remember. Yeah, I was. And, you know, I'm yeah. much, <laughs> and I'm like much lighter than I, I would. That was, I was very fat at that time. So that the, uh, all the extra layers that I was wearing was extra bad. I was just very sweaty. I, I would very, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing youth sizes now. If I stood up, this jersey goes all the way to my ankles. <laughs> <laughs> well, it went to shrink too? Or, yeah, I shrunk uh, too. You know, you know, it's the waist. It's, yeah, you know, three years ago, that, that shirt seems were, were bad. For mercy. Oh <laughs> yeah, they were. I'm still trying to fit into the schmedium and my and the the shirts were like, dude, what what are you doing, man? Come on. <laughs> it's after I, I hurt my PCL, and then all of a sudden I stopped playing basketball, and all of a sudden the Taco Bell actually started making a difference. And you know, <laughs> you're. Oh man, I, I that one uh, that really ruined me when I made the transition to kicker oh, and yeah. Taco Bell. Ooh, had the layoff. Now Ben, on the other hand, <laughs> and what? Hey, we're just full scent over here, man. <laughs> Which well, one Joey, you... the... Go oh, ahead. Sorry. The, nope. the big thing that I always remembered when anytime we would go to the games, you know, it would yeah. be the three of us right. and the, the legendary Ed Moore, yep. who's one of the greatest Twitter personalities <laughs> on, on the He's web. the only guy without a profile picture that isn't a bot. Yep. It, it would be... Or a me, and Joey would, me and Joey would make our rounds around the, the concourse at the Cavs right. games. Mr. Moore would go do whatever it was Mr. Moore was doing. He'd just and sit there and look at the program, ben, and he like goes, here, give me this. Me and Joey would be walking around, walking laughs, and we'd just see Ben just come strolling down with, like, a tub of nachos or, you know. Heck, yeah, man. Something. Yeah. We're just like, oh, hey, Ben, what's up, man? Just... Yeah, he's, he's got a ne- needle sticking out of his stomach. He's like, I couldn't wait, man. I couldn't wait. I gotta, I gotta kick this, man. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> kick this stuff, man. Um, but, yeah, when we – and then, of course, our, our, our walks paid off still, man, because we run into Mike Miller – who's wearing this yep. epic, like, whining, wine, like, plaid suit jacket. And we got a and picture was, with him. It was, like, five, five minutes before tip-off. So there was, like, nobody in the concourse. Well, no, I, I don't think it was that close to tip-off because everyone was just in their seats. Like, okay, well, one thing we have to talk about is the crowd, obviously, in this game. But right. honestly, you hear – I've heard Richard Jefferson talk about this. Like, literally, when he was out there before his team warm-ups with, like, 45 minutes to go, I mean, there were 15,000 people, not just in the arena, but, like, in their seats. It was almost full right. with, like, 45 minutes to go. Like, the arena has literally been open. I think for the playoffs, they, the Cavs opened it up two hours before tip. And, you know, about halfway through that time between the game starting and the gates open, I mean, the place is, like, 90% full. It was crazy. Right. So I just don't think the concourse was we, – we just kind of hit it at the right time because it wasn't to- – yep. but you were right. It wasn't totally flooded at all, and we were able to grab him real quick. But no, like it was literally me and you walking, and he was walking straight at us. Yeah. There was nobody else around. We were just like, hey, can we get a selfie? He's yeah. like, heck yeah. Let's yeah. go, guys. I, I didn't even realize that. I was just like – I literally said out loud. I was like, oh, my God, Mike Miller. I'm like, oh, my God. It's <laughs> Let it fly. Like I have your T-shirt jersey. Like you are God. Yep. Like you're amazing. <laughs> T-shirt I'm surprised he wasn't wearing a LeBron warm-up like he was in the previous year's finals. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's wearing those. Oh, yeah. That shirt. Um, but yeah, like, like we have to talk about, the crowd was literally full. Like there were, like the, we were at capacity when the team came out with about, you know, 15, 20 minutes to go before tip. And it was just yep. so electric. It was literally, like I have written down here, June 16th, 2016, Quicken Loans Arena, Cleveland, Ohio, with 20,562 of our good friends. And Cleveland as a city between the crowd inside the arena, the people watching at home, outside at FanFest, in that little gateway yep. between Jacobs Field and the queue, and then the players, obviously, they get a little bit of credit, forced Game 7. Like, that was just Formality. so unreal. And the one thing I, I was listening throughout the game, and then when, we, when I sent the intro over to you guys in our little Game 6 group chat, we, we have to pay homage, pay respects to Olivier. I mean, that guy, oh, yeah. the, the PA announcer, man. R.I.P. Uh, no, he's not dead, but he is in no, Brooklyn. He's not dead. <laughs> From Cleveland. Yes. He is dead. He's still in Brooklyn. Is he in Brooklyn? Yeah, he's in Brooklyn. Yeah. yeah. He's just, it's just like the, are you ready? Just like, it's like, oh my God. And then um, another another pregame festivity that I, remember when we saw, we saw um, Tommy and Rob up there too, remember? When we were out like around the food trucks, they were there. Remember seeing them? Yep. When we were out oh, around yeah. uh, ESPN. Is there, were uh, Stricklers up there too? Was that the same yeah, game think, or was that no, a different I, year? I feel like we saw them there too. No, I think you're right, yeah. Ben. I didn't remember that. But we, yeah, we, we were all around because they have that great setup at the Fan Fest, obviously, the watch party. They have all the food trucks. Then that's where the ESPN set was. So like Jonah Hill, Brian Windhorst was there. And like, um, like super bad Jonah Hill, like fat Jonah Hill. Super bad Hill was there. I was like, I totally missed that. One. <laughs> yeah, War Dogs, super bad Jonah Hill in the form of Brian Windhorst was there, and like Stephen, like obviously everyone, Stephen A. Um, yeah. You know, uh, when uh, Jonah Hill and uh, what's his name, Will Vaughn, and like all those guys. Um, but yeah, we saw them out there, and then. But the one thing I loved about this entire playoff run was the way they did the national anthem. Remember the way that they did it. Yeah, the, the whole arena sang it. Yeah, Good they boy. just had that person that started it. And I love they had those bracelets. Like, I didn't, re, I don't, we don't go to, like, we aren't big concert or festival guys, but I guess that's a big thing at a concert, like where they yeah. have the, the wristbands that light up. And of course, it, it looks like an American flag around the bowl of the arena, which is so cool. And they have someone out there who starts the national anthem, and the crowd sings it. And I'd been, Ben, how many playoff games have we been to up to that point that season? We saw Detroit game one. We saw oh, just that year. Yeah, and that was the, and then we saw the Eastern Conference Finals game two against Toronto. So I think that was our third game. Yeah. And did we go? Did we see an Atlanta game? No, we did not. We didn't see any second round games. The only second round game we've ever been to was in two thousand and seven when we played the Nets and we lost. We were, we could have clinched to go to the finals. We were up three one, and then we ended up winning in six. We lost that game which is pretty cool. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, but, but that was the, like, that one, like, the crowd was into it. Like, that, everyone sang it with conviction. It was, like, it was just oh, yeah. different. It just felt really different. Like, you could feel it. Like, people were really pumped up. Um, and the one thing I noticed, too, and you can hear it in some of those videos I sent over, stuff that you look up on YouTube, when they were announcing the Warriors, like, you couldn't hear it. You couldn't hear Olivier. No. Everyone, no. Was, everyone was already on their feet. Everyone is chanting, let's go Cavs, just going nuts. And I'm like, Hold, like you can just feel it. You're just like, this, this is awesome. This is oh, awesome. Um, and then, of course, the intros were so sick. The Kanye song, the Panda remix type part two, so sick. Um, obviously, and then the, 
the first moment, I, I have different moments, I have different checkpoints throughout this uh, whole thing here of when I knew that the Warriors were just effed, not only for this game, but for the series. First one was in the intro. Remember, you can see it on my video, and you can see it on other YouTube videos and things like that. When they announced LeBron, he gave like a little wink to the camera before yep. he went through the I handshakes. Yep. Yeah. I'm like, they're so fucked. They're fucked. And I'm just like, here we go. What I think I liked about those videos is, you know, they usually show, you know, highlights and stuff, obviously, but in that video, it was all the previous finals highlights. You know, yeah. not just previous rounds. I mean, they showed a few LeBron highlights. Um, I remember that dunk he had, that and one dunk baseline he had against Toronto. Right. That, that was, was like obviously a big, big one that I think they ended on. Yep. Um, yeah. But I mean, all the other ones were from the previous finals games, which was which was <clears throat> really cool. Yeah, I love oh, yeah. the way they do that. Ben, remember when we were at that Christmas game and they just showed a bunch of like game seven clips when they played Golden oh, yeah. State the next year? Such a troll. And like you saw that thing yeah. on Twitter, like someone put a picture of the block like just outside the Warriors locker room, like mm-hmm. very visible. Like just stuff like that is great. But, okay, let's get into the game now. Um, first quarter. This got off to a little slower start than I thought, and I, and I think back to it, and it's so funny. You know, because the pace and the energy was so great, and the fans were crazy, and we'll talk about that throughout the entire game. But, you know, the energy and pace and everything was up. We were getting stops, but we really weren't hitting shots. And when Golden State finally wow. took their first timeout, and I'm like, God, we're killing them. I look up. I'm like, it's 6 nothing. That's it? 6 nothing. 6 nothing. That's it. And Kevin Love got two quick fouls. And Ben, I want you to talk about this because we were talking the other day when you were pitching at Florida State. And you were like, I've never been nervous for a game. I've always felt like I'm in control at the mound. But when you were pitching at Florida State, your body just felt numb. And he was, he was talking about it. He goes, I get it why, like, crowds are going crazy and pitchers just drop the ball and they balk. Like, I remember Richard Jefferson came into the game after Love got – Two quick fouls. Love, by the way, play, didn't even play 12 minutes in this game, which is crazy. Yeah. Foul trouble and matchups and stuff. But RJ came in, and he probably only made it one and a half times up and down the court, and there was a stoppage, and he was, like, out of breath. Like, you could just yeah. tell, like, he's like, the second win needs to come. Like, Ben, talk about that, where you're just, like, numb, and you're like, I'm, like, not in control of my body. Like, I just feel... It just feels so weird. Well, I mean, obviously you can prepare, but the preparation can only take you so far if right. you've never like been in that environment before. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's different for those guys because they've been there, but and it's different for basketball because you know you you're feeding off the the crowd and everything. You're just going a million miles an hour. Right. And then you're kind of fine during that period, but once you stop, you're like, you're you just want to pass out almost, and you have to definitely catch that second win and kind of you just got to slow it down. And really, I mean, because watching LeBron, right? That's the the fastest I've seen him moving around that early in a game, right? And usually, you know, he's obviously he one works who feels his way out into the it. game, works his way into it, and find you know reads the defense stuff. But I mean, he was also another guy that was just running around, and to see him do that, um, I think really shows how crazy that that atmosphere had had to have been on the court. Yeah, for sure. I mean, right from the get go, he was getting the ball and going right at Curry. That that's like. So, like, that's the big thing, the big turnaround. So, you think about the year before when the Warriors turned things around is when they went small and we couldn't match up with them. Like, we were beating them up with Mozgov and Thompson. Like, the fact, just to think a year later how absurd that seems that those two guys were playing heavy minutes (laughs) on the floor together. I know it was circumstance because of injuries. But once, you know, Iguodala made the turnaround. But once the Cavs finally slowed down, caught up to the Warriors' speed, and it took, you know, a few games to do that. But once they figured out that we're just going to go right at Curry. We are going to 
like literally J.R. Smith, shoot threes when you're open and play defense, but primarily like him and Tristan Thompson, pretty much anyone except for LeBron and Kyrie were just screeners in that offense. Like whoever's guarding Curry, whatever, get him involved. And, and that's how they got him into fouls. Now, Curry makes some dumb, dumb decisions in this game. Reminds me of you, Snowman. We're going to talk about a time where he goes for a steal. It's like, dude, what, what the hell are you doing? Like, you have four fouls. Like, that is just... Hustle player, man. <laughs> yeah. Hustle player. Get the crowd going. Yeah, but it was just so crazy. He only plays at 100%, man. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, so, so we get to the first Golden... St- like, like we talked about, that first Golden State timeout was 8.56 to go. And like you said, that was after that LeBron dunk. Curry already has two fouls or a foul or whatever, and he has to let LeBron go. Um, but like, yeah, it's only six nothing. We're like, what the hell? It feels like it should be like twenty to nothing. That's what it feels like right now. Um, I <clears throat> talked about the RJ thing. I'm just making my way through the notes. Golden State started 0 for seven in this game. Took over five minutes for them to get their first points. Um, and and then there at 551 is when they put Curry in the pick and roll again. LeBron barrels him over, but he's out of position, gets a blocking foul. So that's two on Curry. The Cavs call a timeout here at uh, 353. It's 20 to 9. And then the Cavs really blow it open. I mean, after that timeout, yeah. Golden State doesn't score again until the very end of the quarter. They go on an 11-2 run. Um, I mean, just the energy and phys- physicality. I mean, I just love watching underneath the basket. Like, just bodies are just hitting the floor. Like, Tristan Thompson... It's just clearing yeah. out guys. Like, mm-hmm. on the offensive end, like, Golden State's on defense, and they're just getting their bodies knocked around. Whether it was Kyrie, get, like, and I want to talk about Kyrie's defense, the way that he played and getting switched on, you know, here in the first quarter on that uh, one of LeBron's big dunks there in semi-transition, Kyrie gets switched on to Harrison Barnes, a bigger player. He chests him yeah. up, doesn't take a cheap foul, strips him, goes yep. coast to coast, finds LeBron, runs over Curry, does, you know, Curry doesn't get the call, you know, flops there. And then LeBron gets a huge dunk. Like, just, these guys were just firing on all cylinders. It's 31 to 11 after one. Favorite moment, I saw this. Um, after, okay, remember Mo Williams? He makes that catch in the corner, like on one leg, twists around and goes yep. in for a floater. Everyone's going yep. crazy on the bench, right? Everyone's up. Timothy Mozkov was so excited. Slapped Dante Jones right on the top of the head. <laughs> Dante Jones, freaking bald as a cue ball. Even like speaks English on the bench, or if it's just all in Russian. It's all Slavic hard base. Slavic hard, yeah. Just can't understand how to punch Tyloo square in the mouth. Yeah, he just looks at LeBron, and LeBron just points. He's like, "Yes, sir." He's like, "Stop." But um, yeah, so, about the backboard if LeBron told him. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. So LeBron and Kyrie in this first quarter combined for 16 points, six assists. But I mean, Tristan Thompson plays all oh, 12 yeah. plays all 12 minutes. His plus minus is plus 20. Seven points, nine rebounds. Nine rebounds the first quarter, and he's just running the floor. Everything is just effort. He went three for four of the line. He's just running down the floor. He's just running straight to the basket, Brian Truex style, just being found in transition and just dunking it. Like it was just. <laughs> yep. Like, the more that I watch these games, I tweeted it out the other night, but literally Tristan Thompson, worth every single penny of that contract. Was Now, was this before or after he started uh, dating the Kardashian? No, this was after, this was the summer after. We never would have won if that was the case. Right. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, yeah. That makes sense. Because, yeah, he in this game, he was definitely, like, the dark horse MVP of the game. He was incredible. He was the dark horse MVP of the season. They couldn't keep him off the offensive glass. Whether they well, went yeah, small, six, he didn't miss a shot from the floor. I don't think. No, no. I mean, he, like fifteen and fifteen, seven. Or seven do that on, 
six dunks and yeah. three free throws. It's hard to miss <laughs> when you're the fifth option out there and you know the other two are LeBron and Kyrie. You're going to get some open shots. Um, yeah. So quarter two, it's going crazy. Like we said, 31 to 11. Curry's back out there with two fouls. Love, of course, picks up his third foul with freaking 10.43 to go. Like I said, only played 11.51 in this game. Golden State goes on a 9-0 run. It's 40, uh, 46-38 Cleveland with 40, 4.40 to go. And then, um, and then, yeah, we're going to get to that. So Kyrie goes to the foul line. Okay, so did you guys notice this graphic? Kyrie was shooting some foul shots in the second half. or first, Sorry, second quarter. And they showed this graphic of his 41 points, you know, whatever. He only, sh- he only attempted, he only shot two foul shots in game five. 41 Shoot. points, two foul mm. shots. That's freaking insane. He shot like 73% or 71% or whatever they said. I was like, yeah. I, you know, I knew it was impressive and very efficient. Like, he did not miss. But I'm like, two, 41 points and only two foul shots? Like, that is, that's, that's pretty insane. Um, okay, here we go. Dante Jones. 220, he comes in. And there's one play that, obviously, we all know about the N1. At 1-1, one one he gets the N1. Yeah. The one thing I remember from the game, but I haven't, it never shows up in any of the highlights you watch on YouTube or anything, and I remember this. He had an incredible box out on Draymond Green. And forced yep. it over the back foul. And yep. then it, they were in the bonus, and he goes down and makes two more foul shots. That gets forgotten about in that Dante Jones stretch. Everyone remembers the end one where, you know, LeBron's getting doubled. He cuts to the middle. They're like, Richard Jefferson. Nope, Dante Jones, rather. Like, oh, my God, who's this light-skinned bald guy? That has to be Richard Jefferson. No, it's freaking Dante Jones who was playing for the Grand Rapid D-League team for the Pistons yep. earlier in the year. Like, what the hell is this guy doing? All of a sudden, he's the enforcer. Getting his, you know, he's making like eight grand for the summer, and LeBron's paying off all his fines because he's MF and guys and windmill dunking at the end of Toronto games when we're up by sixty, like just being a just a head ass, which is just so funny. But everyone, forget, no one, you know, unless you were there watching on TV and you really remember, like that box out was huge. Another Draymond Green foul. I mean, Draymond Green ended up with five fouls. You know, yep. he could have fouled. You know, it didn't really make a difference by the time he picked up the fifth foul. Curry was already done, and blah blah blah. We'll get to that, but that was big. So literally, in about two minutes off the bench at the end of the second half, because of circumstance, Love fouls, Shumpert fouls, um, Jr. fouls, and Jefferson fouls. I mean, there was a ton of foul trouble for both teams in this game. And one gets the uh, draws the over the back foul, two foul shots, and then gets a re- and has another nice box out and gets a rebound. And then, yep. you know, Cavs go, um, you know, after uh, that, that run by Golden State and they're up eight, they finish on a 13-5 to five run, and all of a sudden we're back up 16-59-43 at half. And, yep. and oh, oh, who's the other guy that we saw, Snowman? Um, the, the guy who looked like Ray Farmer that was sitting, like, right in front of us. We can't forget about <laughs> yeah. that guy. Yep. The then yep. Browns Everybody's GM. Everybody's just each other, random people. I've never <laughs> yeah. seen him before. Oh, yeah. The guy, As, popcorn guy wasn't there. If he was there, we would have... Oh, oh my God! Out. Yeah, have you been, have you been in attendance when popcorn guys there, Snowman? You know, because the, yes. the people who yes. come and I always look at Ben. I'm like, oh God, because this guy is like Matthew McConaughey and Wolf of Wall Street. He's like, you keep bringing the martinis until one of us passes the fuck out. Like he's just yeah. like, you know, you keep bringing popcorn until my hands are so buttery I can't hang on to the box anymore. Like he's just <laughs> like, what it was, man. yeah, they, they just like keep the tab open. You want to drink? No, just popcorn. Just keep the popcorn. No, nope, just popcorn. Yeah, extra butter. Yeah, extra butter. Just bring like just the tub of butter and he just dumps it in. Okay. Any other comments on the first half? I know we're really rolling through here. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think so. Actually, yeah. yeah. As I'm watching, 
until about the third middle third quarter to the fourth quarter i thought lebron was fairly like calm like i didn't think he did a whole lot no he scores like 15 or 16 in the fourth quarter yeah. and we'll get to this too when that graphic comes up and i didn't even realize it Me at either. the moment when he he scored 18 straight points at one point had yeah. no idea it seemed like a there very was- calm like efficient like just a really strong 41 but i feel like the atmosphere was so crazy and thompson was having a deal and we were all focused on golden state just kind of just crumbling just on curry all of his fouls and getting ejected we just totally forget about like we knew lebron had 41 but you know it it wasn't like it didn't feel like that detroit game you know in game five and oh seven when you know it's just like wow like he this is literally it but yeah, it, like it was unfathomable to me. Even tonight, it snuck up on me again when it said he had scored 18 straight points. I'm like, what? When? Like, what? right? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're you're very right. That's a great, great point. Um, I noticed that as well. Okay. Second half, third quarter, Cavs come out hot. You know, in this little stretch here, Tristan Thompson gets that offensive le- board. LeBron cuts. He gets a dunk. Love gets an offensive rebound. Gets to the foul line, and then. Love goes up for a let. This is okay. This is so like LeBron. Like this is just like yawn type stuff. Like when you see this. So the play, Love gets blocked off the backboard. LeBron chases it down, off like the wrong leg. Throws like one of these like scoop over the shoulder passes diagonal from the right yeah. like block, like on mm-hmm. the baseline to Jr. Like not quite like an, it wasn't in his pocket, but he was Jr. Was still open. Like found him and Jr. Just bangs the three. Yeah. Like, that, like that's just in, like that pass is just insane. It's like a thirty. It, 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 exactly. Like, 30 like that's so. It's just expected out of LeBron. Right. To the point where like nobody appreciates. Like nobody's yeah. making. Nobody else makes that pass except for like Magic Johnson. No. Like, like nobody's. Like we could set. Like like you're doing that in an NBA final. Like that's just your instinct. Like you can't think about right. stuff like that. Like that's just his instinct. Like he sees him out of his Mike Ditka eyes in the back of his head, and you know throws this over the <laughs> shoulder pass just right to Jr. for an assist. It's like what? Like you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> Like, just insane. So, at that point, the Cavs are up 22. They, they build it all the way up to 24. Um, and then, at 442, incredible. This is J.R. Smith with the no-look, over-the-shoulder alley-oop in an elimination game of the NBA Finals. This is incredible. And he tried it in Game 7. We wanted to kill him because Curry knew what he was doing. But in, in this game, I mean, that was just incredible. It worked the first time, man. Come on. Yeah, and like... We, we were tracking it because we have such a good view of this, especially it's coming to the hoop that's closest to us where our seats are at. Yeah. And, like, I see the pass up to JR. I'm like, okay, what's he going to do? Then it's like that scene from Trailer Park Boys where Ricky's coming in really fast in the car and Bubbles is like, well, Ricky's moving at a good clip. And I see LeBron trail and I'm like, oh, LeBron's moving at a good clip. And all of a sudden he, he takes off from the three-point line and just <laughs> fucking throws it down off the JR alley-oop. And I'm just like, we're just losing our mind. Everyone's just insane. going nuts. That was insane. It was insane. I mean, he was just moving and he was just tracking it the whole way, got his steps right down. And I mean, it was just perfection. It was just beautiful. It was just like everything's just really going our way. Well, I was watching a game of slam ball on YouTube. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jumping off the trampoline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just saw the other day that, that that league was canceled because of the amount of concussions. <laughs> you don't oh, like, I mean, I didn't, I'm not going to say that surprises me by any means. No, but, but like the fact that. That information crossed my crossed my face is just I don't even know what to think. 
<laughs> and they know what they signed up for. They get paid those big bucks. Yeah, right, exactly. When we were watching it, when we were however young or whatever, like three or four, I felt like we were the only people who knew what it was. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> how many views on YouTube? Four? Oh, I guess Ben and I each watched it twice a piece. Like, yeah, and then I see Bleach Report <laughs> posting like a month ago saying how the the internal bleeding allegations of all these former players they canceled slam. We had to cancel because the amount of lawsuits that were coming in, the amount of lawsuits that we were losing was just too much for the league to handle. Oh, oh my god. Okay, so the Cavs are up to 76 to 57 at this point, but Golden State closes strong here. I think Golden State wins this quarter by seven. They close at 14 to four. So it's 80 to 71 at the end of three. Like it's pretty yeah. tight. We're getting nervous. Curry spent some time on the bench there. Uh, but Thompson got pretty hot. Went to you know made that layup to cut it with a nine. Hit a, hit a three pointer or two. Um, fourth quarter, got to put your fours up. Taylor Gearhart, um, welcome to hell. Ben's like, I'm not doing it, man. He's gonna right there, right there, Congress. Gosh, gosh. Um, so at 9:49 of the fourth, Curry picks up his fifth foul. This is getting interesting. This is good. This is this is where the play reminds me of you, Snowman. Just dumb reaching on Kyrie. Like, why would you reach in on Kyrie anyways? I'm out here doing 100% effort. Well, oh, freaking, uh, the one guy was, I forget who said it, but he was just like, yeah, that's such a clean, clean steal. Oh, it's probably Van Gundy. Yeah. I mean, like, the steal there was just so much contact before that that they yeah. just had, like, if they didn't call that steal a foul, I mean, finals, yeah. you can get away with that sometimes. But, right. I mean, that was just, I mean, it was a foul. Yep. Um, and then, like I said, here at 648 is where we see that graphic going back to your point, Snowman, where LeBron had scored eight, 18 yep. straight. I'm like, you always just forget that. You really do. Up until that point, I had been like, LeBron is not, like, just blowing my mind. Right. You know? And then they say that, and I'm like, well, let me think about this. Holy shit, yeah, he has scored about 18 straight. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and, you know, he really put it. <laughs> and then scores another, like, 10. Right, yeah, because he was shooting foul shots at the beginning of the fourth, and at that point he only had, like, 25 or 26 points. I'm like, wow, he really closes – strong here in the fourth quarter like that's a big yeah. fourth quarter having mm -hmm. 15 or 16 points that's, he that's knocked a down a couple of threes yes he did threes yeah. that were big you know point contributors yep. like where he got you know nine or 12 of those yep and uh okay so here at 443 is the classic call curry gets switched or lebron gets switched on to curry curry drives in try to give a fake lebron blocks him uh, mike breen is like it's medlam here in cleveland and that's, yep. you know, where LeBron swats him and he turns back and has some words for him. Again, this is another moment where I'm like, fucked. And then <laughs> what you don't see, what you know, now you see it a little bit on TV, but there, I think you guys will remember this. So th there's a TV timeout or someone calls a timeout here. And LeBron start, takes a couple paces back towards the huddle. It's down on the hoop closest to the Cavs bench. But then, he then the crowd's just going nuts. Then he walks back out to play the crowd a little bit because that's just the stuff LeBron does and he just kind of he's just looking you know like at the crowd and he just kind of takes mm -hmm. it in then just kind of turns back around and walk towards the bench and at that point I was ready for them to put up on the jumbotron the scene from Anchorman where it's v Veronica Corningstone like Mr. Burgundy you have a massive erection we just say <laughs> Cleveland you have a massive erection oh it's the pattern in the pants it's the oh, it's it's the, the, it's the rally towels yeah it's an optical illusion I was on my way to return them right now yeah which is also <laughs> oh my run. god the one thing that we forgot to talk about let's go all the way back the Christopher Walken video that drops before this game yes what, whoever made that yeah. edit or wherever we saw it again I was just like they're so effed. They're so effed. Mm. 
They are effing so after good. they don't even know. That video it. just that video just com- completely has all the uh, you know clips of you know Clay Thompson. Oh, I guess we hurt his feelings. Right. And, you know, the jackals and it's like Bronze Curry and Draymond. Oh, like, okay, here we yeah. go. Let me let me just pounce on you and yeah. choke you out and take it to game seven. Then it just cuts to like the Amelie remix and LeBron's just yep. hammering dunks, just like three sixty through the legs from like center court just unreal just stuff you know just, just psp type play you know just stuff like that you can uh, see him and he's the only guy in the arena just putting up three pointers from uh loudville just yeah. getting a shot ready just yeah lebron's in, like, throwing he's part of the screen team footers. like during the, during the timeouts he's just doing everything and then like after he'd the, been through that entire game he was you see clips of him smiling laughing because he knew like to himself and the team knew like that they kind of had this and then when he blocked Curry and, you know, mouthed off to him, that's when his mentality kind of changed because that's when the entire city of Cleveland knew kind of what LeBron was thinking, that how screwed the Golden State was. And he was right. just like, you know, we have you, you know, like we're down, but all the momentum is like, you guys are screwed. It was just, it was insane. Right, absolutely. And, and I feel like as a fan base and even the team, like, you know, they can feel it. We can all feel this as a city, you know, as a kind of, you know, a fan base here. And we just needed that affirmation from our head guy, from the CEO. And that's LeBron. Yeah. And that you kind of You don't see moment, that often from him. No, not at all. And it's the same way even writers talk about, you know, what, you know, they've covered Jordan or they watch Jordan and things like that. Like, LeBron hasn't had that moment, you know, like, you know, the type of thing, you know, where like Larry Bird walks into the locker room at All-Star Weekend, you know, like who's coming in second in the three-point contest. Like, they talk about... When he rolled into Game Seven with the sunglasses and the roll with the winners, you know, T-shirt, mm-hmm. like they're like, yeah, Le- like like LeBron, you know, there's this kind of like, well, yeah, he's been in the league forever. He's a two-time champion. Like, what else can we really say? But he was really feeling it. Like he he was like, oh, yeah. this was kind of that moment. And you look back to those things, you know, those kind of legacy things. You know how just like a lot of these things get built up because yeah. of the media, whether it's MVP or legacy or how you remember things like that 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 was one of those things it really was i mean that's why we're talking about that whole year everyone i mean some people came out and said it straight but a lot of it was just kind of passive aggressive saying you know curry you know is is the new guy of the nba call there's a there's a distinctive your time is done yep and i think and if you just watch lebron in the media you'll never get any sort of he thinks this or he thinks he's just gonna give the straight narrow right answer and i think that after that block and just throughout that game, he was just like, I got you. Right. Like everyone is starting to realize, like, I'm not gone. Yep. You know, you can do shoot all these threes and all this crap. Like I am, I am the faceless league. I am the, the dominant, you know, he's the alpha dude. Right. And you just, you just touched on it. You know, people around the league saying that, you know, Curry's the new guy. Well, you just, you can't be the guy of the league. If during the NBA finals, they're talking about how your head coach is, hiding you on defense, having yeah. you guard Shumpert or Mo Williams or, you know, yeah. and you got your matchup, you know, it's Kyrie and Steph as the point guards. Kyrie got, was guarding Steph and they're hiding right, I know. Curry on whoever else. And forget exactly. about Steph Curry, forget about LeBron. Kyrie Irving outplayed you in this series. Forget exactly. about taking the league from LeBron. Try to go through Kyrie Irving first. And that's not a slight at Kyrie Irving, but he's not LeBron no. James. Nope. But yeah, that that's the thing. Like your your best player in the world or in the league can't be a liability on defense or uh, you know, he's gotta be able to sack up and play defense on Kyrie 
yeah. or whoever it is. You know, I understand him not guarding LeBron, but at least freaking guard the best player at your position on the court. Yeah. Like, don't go hide on Shumpert in the corner. Like, you yeah, know, but, that, but that just Jones. speaks to explicit but, directions are to get the ball out of his hands as soon as it touches them. <laughs> oh my God. Right, exactly. but, but, but that does speak to how great this Golden State, Golden State team is because they're fortunate enough that Klay Thompson at his size is quick enough and a good enough defender that they can match him yep. up with Kyrie Irving. Like, that's just a luxury. Like, you know, yeah. that, you know, and that's the same way, you know, with, I don't know really what, it really can't compare it to anything because that team is just so loaded. Like, you know, right. They do that because they don't have to. You know, you know, if they didn't have Clay Thompson or if Steph Curry had to, you know, it would have gone even worse than he would have already been beat down already more, you know, than he right. was. And that and that just takes us again to like what a shame it was that Durant went there. Yeah. Like we were on track. Obviously they wanted in fifteen, we wanted in sixteen, but we were on track to alternate for however many years. Yeah. You know. For, like, let's just give us the five, six years that we did it, you know, yeah. uh, the Warriors, Cavs in the finals. Like, what a shame it was the last two have Durant on the team. And yeah. it, like, I mean, it just wasn't like, – we did not go into that thinking we were going to win. Right. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. So here – okay, and then so right where we left off when we talked about the block, I love the focus and effort that comes out of the timeout. You know, say what you want about Ty Lue, but whether it was defensively or offensively after timeouts, especially in the playoffs when it actually mattered, I'm not going to count the regular season, but um, yeah. they were always ready to go after timeouts, whether it was defensively or offensively. They always had, they were always ready to go. And after that, and that inbounds, they had to force a Golden State timeout. They almost had a five-second violation. Yeah, Ty <laughs> Lue learned everything he knew from David Blatt. That, duh. It was his understudy. It was his understudy. Exactly. It's like, you know, Mary Poppins on Broadway – and all of a sudden, your lead actress has to go star in a Meryl Streep film. And breaks just, an ankle. Yeah, breaks an ankle. Breaks an ankle and then all of a sudden, it's what like, do do? this was the understudy? She's going to win whatever the award is. She's going to win whatever, it. Whatever the Broadway award for good acting is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're good on you. This year's Broadway award for good acting goes to AJ Dengla. <laughs> uh, I never thought I'd be here. I just did it to make fun of the kids down the street who thought they were so cool. <laughs> Ironically learned in ballet. <laughs> I, I learned to dance sarcastically. Now when you're here shaking it for dollar bills with this crack dealing no, drug addict. Strip club. These poles are horizontal. Loves you very much, Francine. Studio. Yeah, you're partner very creepy. Did I write? You too, creepy guy. Um, okay, so 422. One of the great, greatest moments that happened in the city of Cleveland in sports, probably right behind yeah. the Rajay Davis home run. Curry picks up his sixth foul. Oh, yeah. Ch you know, cheap one, whatever you want to call it, LeBron sold it, doesn't matter, they called it. And he chucks his mouth guard. This is really I when the crowd is going bitch. nuts. This was like the scene in the office where Andy is really pissing off Jim and he puts his phone up in the ceiling and he's calling him. He's like, and I'm sure after Curry threw his mouth card, he was like, that was a bit of an overreaction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was such a sequence. What? That oh, was yeah. such a huge, so Curry's going back to the locker room. Right. Everyone's chanting goodbye. Kyrie, I think, is the one who hits both of the free throws. Right. Golden State comes back. Tristan Thompson draws an offensive foul on Clay Thompson. Yes, on a three I pulled this one down. And then JR hits the three. Yes, this literally, okay, I have, I have the times written down from 422 when the foul gets called, 
Ben, you're exactly right. Till 349. That's what, like 40 seconds or whatever? You know, it's less than, it's, you know, not close. To, you know, it's less than a minute of game time. Like you said, the Curry foul out ejection. JR hits the three. And then Tristan Thompson, who has to get out on a switch, closing on Clay Thompson, one of the best shooters in NBA history now, and especially when it's all said and done, he'll even be higher up the list, has to close down on him, a center, and he draws the offensive foul. The guy who has two left feet, too. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he he goes. Yeah, he doesn't know which hand to shoot with. You know, they finally decided, like, hey, man, you can't be any worse right-handed, so just try it out. And yeah, Ben, you are exactly right. I have that whole sequence written down here. I mean, it was in the crowd after that offensive foul because it's one of those where the momentum and the ref, ref really winds up and gives it one of those. Oh yeah. And I mean, total pandemonium. Total pandemonium. Yeah, and watching NBA games, you there's. You know, there's sequences like that, but there's usually always like a foul, a missed shot, or something to kind of break it up. Right. For that to happen in that boom, you know, boom, boom. time of the game, yeah, you know, you almost never see that. And it was just, it was completely wild. Right. Um, and then at 219, here was LeBron commits a foul to empty the bench to insert our actual death lineup of Matthew Dellavedova, Timothy Mozgov, Dante <laughs> Jones, Champ, James Jones, and Mo Williams. Intense. Eight straight, eight straight finals. That's right. Just saying. Oh, just saying. Why isn't he considered the greatest in the world? Is it eight or is it seven? I think it's seven. Eight. No. I don't know. Does LeBron, LeBron go to eight or nine? There the last time LeBron went. I don't That's think. right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, he whatever. was gone that Eight, seven, whatever. Don't mean a thing. He's still a beast. Um, yep. And then at 135, you start to hear the Cavs in seven chant. Um, the yep. final seconds. And everyone, when everyone's chanting, see you Sunday... I'm like, they're so effed. They're so effed. They're effing effed in the flipping A. They're put, we're putting some D's in the A, Dirty Mike and the Boys style. Like, I was just like, this is awesome. See you yep. Sunday. Like, and then the I, best part, my favorite part of the whole thing is it, it, everybody starts filing out, and then we, like, turn around and we look at the screen. Yes. And it's the major league scene. Yes. Oh, before this, so sorry. Before this, when Kyrie checked out and when everyone was actually losing their mind, too, they showed Kyrie. Everyone's cheering, right? Yes, Ben, yep. exactly right. He looks up and notices it, and just calmly, I sent the picture in the group, just puts up the seven for, seven, yep. for game seven. I'm like, again, this is another moment. I said I'm going to have a bunch of them in here. They're so effed. They're fudged. They're so effed, man. Like it was just, it was just crazy. But yes, as we're walking out, they play that the the classic Jake Taylor. I guess there's only one thing left to do: win the whole fucking thing. And I'm just like, goosebumps. Like they're effed. Like that was like the last thing. And then literally after this game, it's just such an adrenaline rush. Literally, no one sat down, and you know the whole game, you're just going, going, going. And, you know, um, half times go really quick in the NBA. You know, in the finals, yep. I think they're a few minutes longer, like 18 minutes or whatever. But they just fly by. And then when you're done and you're finally out of that atmosphere, you're like, oh, my neck hurts. My back hurts. I had the headache. worst headache I've yes. ever had. Like, they would, if it was not the NBA finals, I would have had the worst time yep. I've ever had at the basketball game. By the middle of the first quarter, dude, my head was throbbing. And yes. It was so loud in there. And people talk about, like, even Stephen A. Smith, the next day on First Take, talked about it. He goes, let me just say, that Cleveland crowd brought it. And you still hear, like, guys like Richard Jeff. I mean, everyone talks about it. Like, it was insane. Like, it really was. I mean, it was the craziest crowd I've ever seen. 
The only electricity that I've seen pregame like that has been when we went and saw LeBron's first game back against the Knicks. Now, obviously, that game didn't go well, and that game was just a regular season game. But in terms of pregame electricity and people showing up early and that place being filled, Mm -hmm. you know, with like 20 plus minutes till game time, like that's the only thing it compares to. And game six, you know, outdid it. And that, you know, probably though, that's, that's the loudest a venue has been in Cleveland, probably with the exception of. The, the Rajay Davis game seven home run, mm-hmm. you know, just cause it's yeah, more people. Even, um, but yeah. That Christmas game that we went to, yeah. when, you know, we beat them with them having Kevin Durant. DeAndre Liggins was the starter in that game. Just saying. That's <laughs> our boy, Joe. I know we got a picture like, of them. Even that game, no moment during that game did it, you know, touch the, the peak of what game six. No, brought. not even close. Like Draymond Green, like I remember Ben, I remember looking over at you, it was so funny. We were doing the same thing. Our faces looked the same. Remember when Draymond got a technical for a cheap foul and we're both like just cursing his name? Like, it's like, I don't even know. I don't even remember. The only reason that I remember it doing it, like it's so instinctive, but the only reason I remember that is I looked over and it was like looking in a mirror. It's just a bigger person to me. Just like, I don't care about <laughs> like, well, it's so loud in there. No one can. The people no. right next to you can't hear a thing, so you can no. say whatever you want. Oh, I know. I mean, who knows what I was saying? I was making up words. Who knows? But uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was like a Trump rally in there. It was just going nuts. You know, it was like no. shit. it was. Yeah, shit. LeBron's throwing down dunks, looking like he's Cirque du Soleil, just hanging and flying around the rim. I know. Draymond like- screaming bloody murder for a technical foul. <laughs> LeBron's like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what's going on. I mean, that Jr. Yeah. LeBron alley oop. And then I was watching um, The Greatest Showman with, Z- with uh, I was watching The Greatest, I went and saw The Greatest Showman about it two years later with Zac Efron and Zendaya, and they're going on uh, the- don't, talk, don't speak of that movie. I know, and they're going yeah. on the, 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 the trapeze or whatever it's called. I'm like, where have I seen this before? I'm like, this is shades of J.R. Smith to LeBron James from the Rafters, and then just Ahmad on a, zi- on a military-grade zip line coming down. <laughs> Are you ready to party? Are you scream team? <laughs> yeah oh my god and not not the days now where like the d-list moondog is trying to do triple backflips and just face planning during the trampoline dunks like but it yeah. doesn't matter because oh, there's yeah. six people at the game um but literally and then but you know after that all wore off and we're you know we're, we're not quite to lodi yet i slept like a baby i did i swore i swear i felt like an adolescent cole richard's at 8.15 on a school night after a warm glass of milk. <laughs> All right, see you guys. Let's go. <laughs> I swear, that's the kind of euphoric feeling that I had. Like, after we saw the guy playing the Jay-Z music, I felt like I just had a warm glass of milk. It was about 8.45 on a school awesome. night, and I was that out. That was so awesome. I know. That- we're just sitting there waiting for the light to turn, and there's this guy just on a freaking electric guitar with an amp sitting on the side of the sidewalk. Just learned the chord like five minutes prior. <laughs> well, I think you saw Jay-Z and Beyonce walking. I was like, hey, man, I'm working on this thing. What do you think? He goes, well, that's a ripoff of my song, but here it is anyways, and here's five bucks. <laughs> yep. That's all I got on me. <laughs> God. But yeah, Cavs win 115-101. LeBron, of course, 41-11-8. Tristan Thompson, 15-16, and 16, had the highest plus-minus in the game, plus 32. There it is. I'm not a... Uh, that seems like it's pretty good. That's pretty good. 
That's pretty good, folks. But, I mean, this game was just insane. I mean, we, we talk about it all the time. Like, just b between the t-shirts and just, just the atmosphere, man. Like, it was just so special. And the fact that it forced Game 7, like, it was just... <laughs> I mean, I, I really don't know what else to say about it. Um, when I go on and see some YouTube videos, someone took, like, a handheld, you know, probably just iPhone video of the intros, the full intro. It's, like, 12 minutes long, and it's awesome. And I just love yeah. going through the comments and people saying, you know, oh, I was there, you know, it was so crazy, like best crowd ever, like go Cavs, like people are still commenting to this day, you know, here recently in 2020. And it's just, um, it's just really cool. And it's awesome. And it's obviously a special game and people who were there, like, you know, not only, you know, the championship bonds you, but, um, but, but especially if you, if you were at that game, like, I feel like, oh, you're at game six, like you can talk about it. Like that's, you know, like a, like a thing, like you have an in with someone, you know what I mean? Right. So if we ever see Jay-Z, sure. be like, game six, man, right? <laughs> game six, man. He's like, yeah, man, I don't even remember. It's like, what are you talking about, Cracker? No, I would like to see, I mean, obviously game six, um, I mean, I haven't obviously been to any other games like that, but definitely has to be on top of the, you know, Mount Rushmore well, no, atmosphere. You know, I would you know, argue you that, Ben. see, like, some of the championship runs like Kobe and Shaq had, um, you know, MJ's three peats, how those atmospheres were, and especially like storied um, cities like Boston and New York, like maybe some of those, like when Boston came back, I don't know if it was 3 1 or 3 0, um, the Red Sox. Oh, yeah, 3 0. And the crazy yeah. thing about baseball is those games are going into like midnight and they're yeah. playing every day. Like, there's. I don't know anything about baseball. Well, there's little. Like, I there's feel like, like if any atmosphere could rival Game Six, it would have to be you know those the Red Sox yeah. playoff runs. And you know, uh, you know, going against that, sometimes and we talked about earlier, like how um, sometimes you know these crowds are so crazy. We talked about the home players like being gassed because it's just so electric. It's almost easier to be in that equivalent environment, but on the road, like sometimes mm -hmm. it's even more comfortable to be on the road because you're kind of you know you have you're just riding with a different swag. It's a different mentality. Um, but going back to, to what you said, you haven't been a part of that environment, Ben, I would argue that the other craziest game we've been to now, maybe you don't remember it cause you were a lot younger, but another game six when Booby had 31 and we went to the finals for the first time against, uh, Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, vaguely remember that. See, because, you know, Gibson had just about all five of those threes in the fourth quarter and we're blowing them out, and it's like, oh my god, we're going to the finals for the first time, like, we finally got over Detroit, even though it was only one year, we took them to seven games the year before, but that game had that, you know, I remember people in front of us talking about, like, I just got our plane tickets to San Antonio, and, like, you know, the <laughs> clocks running out, I'm like, this is awesome, like, can we do that? Yeah. yeah, I remember just everyone, you know, kind of remember walking, just, like, back to the car, just people, like, complete strangers coming up, high five, saying, just talking to you and yep. stuff like the, the security the people were high-fiving everyone out of the stadium around before it was cool <laughs> people were doing snow. it was june 2nd that game that like literally the playoffs started like late back then like there were eastern and western conference finals games going into like early june this game was like on june 2nd or something and people were doing like snow angels out in this out in the street like it was insane <laughs> at when the Cavs clinched they were really just on pcp and getting road burn from the yeah. Screaming hot asshole. You're like, what? The Cavs won? I was just at the Chili's Peppers concert at Jacobs Field. And, man, I smoked some marijuana. Questionable face. <laughs> hey, guys. 
Can you help me get home? I remember. Is it was a fever pitch? The movie where they're like, police officers are hitting alcohol to underage children. It's like, just like people are tossing cop cars, lighting things on fire. I've even witnessed cops toasting alcoholic beverages with underage children. Like, just, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But yeah, yeah, watch that 30 for 30. Speaking of like that Red Sox comeback, I think it's called Four Days in October and literally those four days. And then speaking to the away crowd, like as crazy as the home crowd is and the loud, I would would have wanted to be in Yankee Stadium, like 70,000 people, right? And they're up 3-0. And all of a sudden in game seven, they they got blown out in game seven against Boston. Like Johnny Damon had a grand slam that totally blew it open. But how eerily quiet that many people would be all in one place. I think that would be another thing to be. Now, obviously, you know, it doesn't mean shit if you're a Yankee fan and you're there. It's like, this sucks. But if you were a Red Sox fan there and you're just like, this is the house of pain. This is where dreams go to die. Like, this is about to, like, this is happening. It is so quiet. Like, this is amazing. You don't even know how to react. Yeah, or one of the, you know, that same thing where not only are they quiet, but everyone starts filing out of the stadium. Yeah. And there's still, you know, game being played. And you're just, you're, you're a Red Sox fan. You're just like, oh yeah. Yep. And you start making your way down towards the dugout. The Yankee Clippers are filing out of the stadium. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Shot Derek Jeter in the tunnel. You should have shot A-Rod. You should have shot (laughs) A-Rod. Holy shit, it feels like I'm there now. He's a biracial angel. My God, do we have anything else on uh, Philly when when the Eagles won uh, the Super Bowl? I don't, I don't think I would want to be there. Uh, you know, if actually, if you yeah, go, if you want to, like the purge of your life. <laughs> you wouldn't want to be there. Here's a fun <laughs> fact about that: if you go into the Daily Dropout archives, the first interview ever filmed, I think Stephen did. They were in Philadelphia after the Eagles won, and, li- and they interviewed Little Dicky. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's the thumb. It, he's, he's on the thumbnail. You gotta go check it out. Yeah, so we're getting ready for Game Seven tomorrow. What do you guys remember yeah. about Ben? You watched inside with Chris Stevens, and didn't you say yep. you guys didn't like speak a total word like like the whole time? You're just like it's going well. Everything's good. Well, Everything's yeah. Well, okay. at the beginning, you know, just usual talking, you know, throughout the game, and then as it kind of came down to crunch time, we were just like. We didn't want to say anything because we were like, this is... Wait a second. That, like, what we... How we reacted would change the game at all, but... Right. We're just like, we wouldn't even look at each other. We would just, like, you know, glance over at each other at the same time, like, when something, you know, important happened. We're like, yeah, everything's going according to plan. Yeah, this is is the way it's supposed to go. This is how the simulation is supposed to go. We were just talking the other night, Snowman. He he had forgotten. Yeah, I didn't even remember this. Yeah, Joey told me that I did. I didn't start the game there. Yeah, I ended up coming over over at halftime. Yeah, (laughs) because you were down by seven. How how was that allowed? Well, I I don't know. I think I think it was because I think game three. What I think happened was, if I remember correctly, game three when we won, we won by thirty. You know, or maybe it was game five. I can't remember. Either one of those games, right? Maybe it was game five. You were over at Drew's. Or yep. may, maybe maybe the way that it went was, sorry, it, it's one of these. You were at Drew's for game three, came for game four, and we lost. Or yep. you were, you know, at game, you know, or you were um, at Drew's for game five or something like that. Then you came to the game with me, and then you decided, well, I'm going to go with Drew's. Like, we won in game five. I'm going to stay here. And then when it was yep. going bad, you made the decision to come over at halftime, which is honestly one of like the un- you're, you're an unsung hero 
Like they should make a documentary about you, you know, showing up. All of a sudden, you showed up in like 2016 years. finals. Yeah. I'm not gonna say that I did, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm take credit for it. But yeah, that game was just, you, just so crazy. Joey, did you go to any of the watch parties or any like? Were you up in Cleveland for any of the finals games? Game in 2016. Yeah. Game one. Which was in Golden State. Golden State. Golden State. Yeah. Yeah. Were you just outside, or were you like in I was, the? I was in the, the arena. And then I, I was at Buck remember. Morton's for game two. His son, I was talking to him at Joni Yossi's grad party, and they had like a Cavs watch party. They invited me. They lost by 30. I'm like, I'm never coming. It was, thanks for the pizza, but I'm never coming here again. <laughs> and they, they, right, they very much, everyone understood. Everyone understood. But, 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 but Coach Morton and I shared plenty of text messages like, hey, you know, as much as we'd love to have you, you know, this is this is much better. Stay the hell away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm getting married. Uh, I'd love you to come, but remember when uh, you almost lost us the 2016 final? <laughs> yeah. I think we'd uh, prefer you be uh, not in attendance. So I'm getting married, and remember, you know, last time we were together for an event, the Cavs got blown out, and I really don't want to get married, but I don't have the balls to tell her no. So could you just show up? Could you just show up? Be my just show up? Best man. <laughs> what? Get on a plane. You're the best man in my wedding. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, I, I just emailed you a ticket. I know it's Southwest. They're the fun airline. Don't worry. <laughs> they wear shorts. They wear shorts. It's like, it's like uh, yeah, there's a deer tooth in my seat back pocket. We can't, you can't get every nook and cranny, narc. Look <laughs> at David. Do you remember David Spade talking about Southwest? Because he's from Scottsdale. He's from here in Arizona. He went to ASU for a half hour. And his, like, mom still lives here or something. And he goes, you know, take Southwest because it's, like, a big Southwest hub. But, you know, they're the fun airline. You know, they wear shorts. It's like, he's just going on about this whole thing. It's just so funny. Anywho. Oh, man. But, yeah, game, oh, man. game seven was wild. And, you know, the rest is history. JR hits those shots and, you know, the block. And, you know, Kevin Love really redeemed himself. Like, I can't say enough yeah. about just what a professional. Like, that's literally being, you know, as cliche as it is, but we just talk about, you know, being a star in your role, doing whatever it takes, and the way he played defense and attacked the offensive glass, like he just didn't have it going. He had the concussion. He wasn't making shots. It just wasn't working out. But game seven, everyone did their part when they needed to to win, and that's how you win a championship. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how it went, and it was crazy. I remember everyone, like, and I remember on, it's on that video, that 12-minute video that I have that I set up. I'll never forget this. And it was just so funny because, you know, no one was mad or pretentious about it. But, like, I think one of you guys, you or Mason, I don't think Mason, Snowman, I think you, like, changed where you were. I'm like, no, get back over there. And then Bubbles is yelling at you to come over here. And, like, Mason is yelling and you're yelling. I'm like, if you have red hair, shut the F up. And then everyone just stopped. It was like, oh, God. It's like, you go back over there. I'm like, okay, yeah, we're good. Evan, Evan Lee was like, hey, fuck you. And yeah, yeah, Evan, Mason yeah. was like, hey, shut up. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah I remember Snowman watching that, like, they're like, we're going to do it. <laughs> I just remember watching that video. I just, I think it was AJ when Kyrie sizing up Curry. It was like, take him to church. I think that was Zon. I think that was Zon. I was like, take him to church. <laughs> or who was that? Was that you, Snowman? Like, take him to church, yeah. It was so funny. Uh, yes. So great. And I'm, and I'm coming in. And it's so bad. But I'm just like, we're the effing champs, F them. My mom's like, mom came out. And she's smiling. She turns her back. I'm just like. 
Double birds. Joey, I know you're excited. Just totally unnecessary. Yeah, what's a profanity? No, that was more like, oh my god. Um, That was the two years later in the finals. My dad dad just had gotten home. I'm like, oh, not this fucking shit again. Like, (laughs) hey. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm I'm like, I'm sorry, but come on. I'm sorry, but I'm not wrong. I like the. uh, the connection there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the. the I mean, p- sorry, but come on. I mean, look at PewDiePie reference. Oh my God. It'll take some high intellectuals to figure that one out. Yeah, it sure will. Someone's gonna have to do some deep, deep digging on that one. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, 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 did we forget anything from Game Six? I don't want to forget anything. I don't think so. That play, it was just so freaking loud in there. I just, or how about how about this? Yeah, you know, in the pregame, you know, everybody's hounding Stephen A. Smith and Windhorse, right. and you know, Will Bond is there all yeah. over at their set. And I think it was like me and you, Joey, and like three, you know, homeless oh, yeah. people hanging out over at the Fox Sports set, yep. uh, set with uh, uh, yeah. AC and uh, RIP to Fred and you know the gang. Yep. Yeah, we and, got our. Um, yeah, we got our picture with. AC, we each got a picture with yep. Mike Miller, right? Yep. The alleged, you know, Ray Farmer impersonator was sitting right in front of us. I mean, just, just unreal. We we literally caught Mike Miller on his way up to a booth, and you saw it on the broadcast. He was sitting with Tracy yep. McGrady and Bill Russell. Literally, freaking Tracy McGrady and Bill Russell sitting next to him. And Mike and, Miller, you know, just we're just like, right hey, there. can we get a selfie? Nineties <laughs> rap album. Yep. Oh, yeah. What was different about FanFest <laughs> that, um, you know, usually everyone's walking around, there's stuff going on, but, like, you could not walk around. It was so packed. It was like, you know, they had the music going on, they have, you know, the the ESPN whole setup, and you have, like, all the fan festivities and the food trucks, like, closer to the doors. Yeah. Right. And literally everything, it was just, like, everyone was packed in there. Yeah, I swear, I think they said for Game 7, there was over, like, 20,000. So, they're, like, between the arena mm-hmm. and outside, I mean, there was over 30,000 people. That's insane. It's insane. Not bad. Just Not packed bad in take. there. And they would have packed Jacob's Field, too, if they would have shown it on the big screen. Like, for all the... Oh, my gosh. They for- should... Who messed up that marketing? Uh, I, I always thought, like, why not do it? Unless they had games and stuff. That would be a tough turnaround. Yeah. Because the Indians, yeah, I don't did. know if they were at home or not. Well, you know, no, they were, okay, they were playing um, Toronto or something, maybe, because maybe that was the birth. Remember, they played a day game, because Game 7 was on Father's Day, and they played a day game at home, and they asked, where are you guys watching the Cavs game tonight? And they're like, party at Napoli's. And that's when that, be, that's when that was born. All the yep. T-shirts and all the that that was a that was just a fun year, man. That was a really fun. Yeah, year. I mean, it was thirty year. for thirty if the Indians would have won. Oh my God, they they could have they they did it. The ring ceremony wasn't that game one of the World Series. Yeah, too? yeah, we were just talking about this. So that same night, you had game one of the World Series, which was in Cleveland, the Fan yep. Fest for you know I I bet they were showing both things. I bet they showed the. Um, the Cavs, you know, ring ceremony, then the, then, you know, cause they staggered the time so you could kind of see both. And yep. then they flipped the Indians game on. So you have everyone packed in for the world series. Obviously that's a sellout. Then there's thousands, tens of thousands of people in that gateway plaza for the watch party for the Indians and the Cavs thing. And then, yeah, right there in the arena was 
home opener against the Knicks when they got their rings. Mm-hmm. And like we said, Snowman and I were talking about, um, you know, the biggest miss of all time is not having Charlie Sheen throw out the first pitch and have him come out oh. of the bullpen blaring wild thing. Freaking, if it wasn't for politics, I know. it would have been the most frenzied crowd of all time. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Because up until that point, you know, Cleveland was giving the fans what they wanted. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, a right. lot of, you know, I just, you know, that happens sometimes in movies. Like, you know, sometimes of these, like, movies like Star Wars and, like, all the Marvel movies, like, sometimes they just stick to their story. But a big right. thing with, like, the last Avengers movie is kind of they, they gave a lot of stuff that the fan, you know, these right. super fans, like, were really looking for. Yeah. And, you know, that's kind of what Cleveland was doing during these finals. And if they would have done that with Charlie Sheen, they would have, you know, gotten an A-plus. Right, and that's what you said, Joey. That a lot of that was like the politics. You know, they've already got people right. I think throughout the, the MLB decides the that, and you know, it's all yeah. kind of predetermined stuff. But yeah, I mean, that that's the great power of social media. We're seeing it now. Okay, going back first off with the Cavs. Remember when they were flipping, changing the floors, and everyone was yeah. mad. They're like, "Where's the the skyline? Where's the Cleveland skyline design?" And everyone like was outraged about it when the mockups came out. Then they you know kept it <laughs> kept it in the design because everyone liked it so much. And now we're seeing it with the that's Browns. Cool. With the brown, with the uh, orange yep. pants, everyone wants orange pants. Exactly. And you know that one guy who's you know ahead of all that stuff, um, and gets those communications going. You know, is active on you know Twitter and kind of saw all that stuff. And now that's kind of in the works to hopefully have for this upcoming season. So yeah, I mean that that you know it really, those things really do happen. But if it wasn't for you know if it was up to the Indians, I bet they would have uh, done something. But it was still cool that you know he made it there for uh, Game Seven. Which is, uh, you know, Charlie Sheen was at Game 7, which is pretty cool. Yeah. God. How did you miss out on that, Ben? Because Mom and Dad went. They went to every one of the home games. Yeah. What the hell? In the suite. Yeah. Dad went to the ring ceremony. Dad went. (laughs) My dad's week was the ring ceremony. Then the next night he went to Game 2 of the World Series. And then he went to Game 7 of the World Series. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess I just wasn't on the... And wasn't there like a Bon Jovi concert mixed in there too? I went to that. That was actually one of the coolest. I was like, I did not want to go. Yeah. And they're like, you have to go. And I'm like, you know, mom's, you know, I don't have to... What do you mean, you know? You have to say you have to say you have to go. You know, I was like, I... You will regret it for the I rest went, of your life. Long story short, I'm, I'm on my way to see Bon Jovi, this old guy. And this was like, I don't even know, like, obviously I've heard Bon Jovi songs, but I haven't, you know. Right. I, that's about it. I just know the name and I know some of the songs. You know the hits. I mean, that was... It was awesome. Yeah, was it, it sick? It was like, a sweet... So, I mean, we had the all the, you know, hospitality. What was the spread? What was the spread? Oh, the so chicken? you like the hospitality more than you like the concert. No, dude. I would have been in the minutes. mosh pit, bro. I would have been down there. I would have thrown my underwear at Bon Jovi. <laughs> Man, it's like Duke Silver. Are you kidding me? You can't, you can't, Silver, you can't yeah. blow my oh, cover. Yeah. You know how many women's underpants, undergarments will be showing up at this office? <laughs> they need to see one male jockstrap just... On the stage. Oh, my that's God. God. If found, please return to Bedford. 
Please give me time to get a look at your underwear to put that in the waistband of your underpants. Yeah, put them. <laughs> just you should put a stamp in them. You should. How many times I got called down to the principal's office because my underpants were in the lost and found? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to start doing it since you're losing so much underpants. Just write your address and then include a stamp in there in your underwear so people can just throw them in there. Just throw. <laughs> All I leave is one stamp and my social security number, and that's it. That's all they need. Then they just throw it in their, their mailbox, flip the, flip the tube, and then... Uh, and then flip the tube. Oh, man. Thing, the guy you're allowed to cheat on me with. Thing John I helped you John come Stamos. up with when you came home drunk from the bar on Saturday night. Alibi. Yes. <laughs> thing on your nightstand. Sock. Sex on the beach, screensaver. <laughs> the thing I'm not allowed to wear to motocross, miniskirt. Yes. Mexican dude. I call him Markable. Dude, that's the same guy. AJ, you know, is that that's the same guy? Who's yes. You didn't know John Fitt. An Iron Man. Yes. He he's like a, and he like wrote yeah. and directed like Elf like. Like he's he's kind of like a that guy in movies where he just kind of shows That's who up. Created all of the new Marvel movies. Yeah, like he's like, like he was the, the body transformation is what I'm. Like, <laughs> from, wait, well, from, ten years from is the big deal. Christmases to Endgame and the, to yeah Endgame. I'm pretty Spider-Man, sure like the, he the wrote or directed Elf. Homecoming. Yeah, it's yeah. a complete 180. And he did something with Elf <laughs> too. Let me look it up. He's um, actually far from home, dude. Not Homecoming. Get you. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, you do scream, man. What? Imagine if a super fan watches this, man. Shut up, nerd. Yeah, John Favreau, and then John Favreau. Correct you. John Favreau. (laughs) Deep Podesta, nerd. (laughs) So John, and then that same guy direct. He directed Elf. Yeah. Like he's like a character actor and just shows up up in like Couples Retreat and Four Christmases and all these movies. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, then he's just hardcore and all these, you know, directing like behind he's the screen. chef too. You can't screen. forget about chef. You seen chef, man? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. No. So, <laughs> chef. If there's any meme lords out there, they'll understand that one. There's, there's, there's plenty of meme lords out there. Th- especially, is, especially to the audience that we're broadcasting. That is to. our exclusive demographic. <laughs> They're all just people in India who are just meme lords that watch my Daily Dropout videos. <laughs> you know, you always get, like, Muhammad commenting on Joey's personal Instagram. Hey, you do great work. Can I get a response? <laughs> Joey AJ just jumps like, me your boob. Have I left to say that? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> Dude, according to McLovin, Muhammad's the most common name in, in the history of the world. Read a freaking Read a book. Read book. <laughs> I was just watching that movie the other day. Book, man. So apparently someone has an exam. Freaking, this movie freaking... I, like I said, my favorite scene, the cops, you know, when, when they go to the party and Bill Hader crashes the door open, oh shit, it's the cops. Oh shit, it's the cops. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then, and then it's just like, uh, oh, well, we got a call. We got to get out of here. Can't pay for these when we're at the bar. It's like, hey, why don't you grab oh, some yeah. beers to go? And he goes up there. Uh, can we get uh, 17 <laughs> beers to go? <laughs> <laughs> Seth Rogen's like, yeah, can we get us 17 beers to go? Freaking just <laughs> hysterical. My God. Oh, brother. Oh. Uh, so, you know, Seth Rogen, I just watched um, Good Boy or Bad Boys, whatever it's called. Have you seen that? The little kids movie? Yeah. Good Boys. Yeah, it's hilarious. I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Really? 
Yeah, I guess, you know, yeah. you know, I watched it a long time ago, and yeah, it was just kind of okay. Yeah. Yeah. The kid, know, the singer who had his ears pierced, I wanted to punch him in the face. But he was funny. <laughs> he was funny. If I saw him on the playground on the on the jungle gym, I would have drop kicked him. You would have been like Chris Kardaki? <laughs> Made him eat white dog shit. Yeah. No, no. Oh, is he your butt buddy? If you're referring to me as butt buddy, we, uh, my name is Brennan. Brennan Huff. An extra 40. No, we'll just take the long way. It's extra 40. <laughs> Chris Kardaki, he gets in my face. What I want to know is what only other route to their house is adds on to 40 minutes. Can't they just walk on the other side of the sidewalk? Those kids are at recess. They're going to get expelled for leaving school property. They just can't walk on the other side? Or is there yeah. not a side street where they can cut back? I mean, Or just like, you know, walk there and then take a... One of those, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know which direction. Parallelogram. Why don't they just take the boat? I don't know. Just diagonal your way home? I don't know. Can't they just take the gilded lady? Couldn't they just figure that one out? <laughs> Walk like 25 yards eastbound and then take a straight line? I, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's all about who you know. Movie so, magic. Might watch that tonight. That sounds pretty funny. God bless. Well, this is fun, guys. Absolutely, as always. As always. Been All, right. All right, well, thanks for listening, so we'll everyone. We'll do it uh, when the Cavs make the finals again, right? Yeah, we'll do it when the Cavs make the finals again, and I'll be watching from heaven. And I will... 100 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's going to be a long time, folks. Anyways, but thanks so much for listening. Another episode of Joseph Vore Podcast, JV Podcast Network. I will talk to you guys very soon.